0: Good morning everyone, Good morning. can I have everyone uh, please stand for the scripture reading, scripture today is from Proverbs 12 verse 11 through 28, it's Proverbs 12 11 to 28, he that tilleth his land shall be satisfied with bread, but he that followeth vain persons is void of understanding, The wicked desireth the net of evil men, but the root of the righteous yieldeth fruit. The wicked is snared by the transgression of his lips, but the just shall come out of trouble. A man shall be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth, and the recompense of a man's hands shall be rendered unto him. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. But he that hearketh unto counsel is wise. A fool's wrath is presently known, but a prudent man covereth shame. He that speaketh truth showeth forth righteousness, but a false witness deceit. There is that speaketh like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is health. The lip of truth shall be established forever. ever but a lying tongue is but for a moment. Deceit is in the heart of them that imagine evil, but to the counselors of peace is joy. There shall no evil happen to the just, but the wicked shall be filled with mischief. Lying lips are abomination to the Lord, but they that deal truly are his delight. A prudent man concealeth knowledge, But the heart of fools proclaimeth foolishness. The hand of the diligent shall bear rule, but the slothful shall be under tribute. Heavenness in the heart of a man maketh it stoop, but a good word maketh it glad. The righteous is more excellent than his neighbor, but the way of the wicked seduceth them slothful man roasteth not that which he took in hunting, but the substance of a diligent man is precious. In the way of righteousness is life, and in the pathway thereof there is no death. Amen.
1: Proverbs chapter number 18, and I'll read two verses in Proverbs chapter 18, verses 20 and 21. We're going to speak on a huge subject in the Bible, but a huge subject in the book of Proverbs that we can only skim the surface of, and that's the matter of the tongue. If you're studying Proverbs, you're going to run across a lot of verses that use the word word, lips, your mouth, your tongue. In the Scripture that we read today, there are multiple references just in those 15 or so verses that were read in the public reading about the mouth and the power of our tongue. So this morning I want to speak to you about the life-giving power of your tongue. Proverbs chapter 18, please read with me. These two verses, let's read them out loud together. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 20 and 21. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth, and with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Let's read again verse 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So today, I'm just going to speak on one part of that verse. Because it says death and life are in the power of the tongue. I just want to speak about how life is in the power of the tongue. The life-giving power of the tongue. So we're, we're not going to focus on the negative use of our tongue today. We're going to be take the more positive verses... And encourage you to use your tongue in a right way. We all need to use our tongue to use, to use it for life-giving power. That's the message. Life-giving power is in your what? Tongue. Just think about that. In your tongue, you have the power to give life to yourself and to others. Think about that power that is in this little member of our mouths. Let's pray. So now, Lord, use this moment. Forgive us for how we have misused our tongue. All of us have. The tongue is a member that no man can tame. Someone once said that the worst member in the church, and somebody was afraid, oh no, he's going to preach to me today, but it's the tongue. Lord, it's the tongue. The tongue can do great evil, but it can do great good. It can bring life as well as death. So, Lord, help us to use our tongue to bring life. Yea, to ourselves and to those around us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So this one verse teaches a simple, powerful principle that words are not neutral things. The words we speak have power to give life and death, and life and death are not neutral. They're very powerful elements of life. That we're living in. The power of life. When a life is born. You remember that when your, when your baby was born. The joy of life. And when someone dies. The power of death. When a loved one passes away. And the emotion of life and death. And so here we see the emotion of our words. That they're not neutral. Now the Bible of course says. That the tongue is like a rudder. It's a small thing. But it moves great powerful ships. Through Deep, churning, rough waters. So a small tongue can guide our lives as well. That's James chapter 3. talks a lot about the tongue. By the way, the book of James is, many people call it the book of Proverbs in the New Testament. Because James talks about wisdom a lot, as well as the tongue quite a bit in James chapter 3. And he also says that the tongue is like a small spark. It can set the world on fire, for good or for bad. James says, behold, how great a matter. A little fire kindles. A little fire. And we know this every year. We, we hear about those forest fires out in California. And it was often started by a spark, maybe from a campfire or, or from one fire somewhere. And then it leads to a massive blaze that burns Acres and acres and miles and miles and a lot of property along the way and bringing great consequences. Our tongue is going to bring about either destructive consequences or life-giving consequences. Don't we want our tongue to be used to bring about life? Now these verses are very interesting. Interesting. And it's actually what, what is in English grammar, they call it an oxymoron. An oxymoron isn't a, isn't a moronic word. It's not like, oh, that's a dumb word, like a moron. No. An oxymoron is a figure of speech that is apparently contradictory. So I, I put two oxymorons up here that I, that I found that I liked. Dry Creek Park, uh, Dry Creek Water Park. Okay. That's an oxymoron. A seeming contradiction. How can a dry creek be a water park? And then, uh, like this one, procrastinate procrastinate now, don't put it off. Okay? So, uh, an apparent contradiction. So, what's the apparent contradiction? If you look at these verses in Proverbs 18, look at verse 20, he says, A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. The oxymoron is... You're, you're satisfied not with the food you're eating, but with the words you're speaking actually are feeding your belly at the same time. It doesn't make sense that the words come out of your mouth, feed your, your belly. <laughs> right? So, but that's, that's true. You, you will feed on your words. And other people will feed on your words too. Right now, you're listening to me and I'm praying that what I say, will you will be able to feed on it. Really, that's my prayer. I'm not up here just moving my mouth. I've prepared what I'm going to say as well. I'm over it because I want you to be encouraged and learn and be instructed with the wisdom of God so we can use our tongue right. So, but people will feed on your words as well. On the job, your children, your husband, your wife, your friends... Someone is going to feed on your words. Will they have a feast? And there's the old saying, you're going to eat your own words. So it kind of comes from these Proverbs as well. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. With the increase of his lips shall he be filled. You're going to eat your own words. And I pray that they'll satisfy you. That they will satisfy... You see, you know what we're actually hungry for in this world? To speak the right word at the right time. To speak to build someone up. To speak and help someone through a trial. Doesn't that make you feel happy? Man has joy by the answer of his mouth. I remember when I started preaching years ago, and I would have this sense of joy when I preached the Word of God. And I couldn't explain why I felt that. But you know, the Bible says a man has joy by the answer of his mouth. And that explains why I had joy. Because I was giving the, the very best help that anyone could ever have is from the Bible, the Word of God. And it brings joy to share the Word of God with other people. You'll eat your own words. So, our speech is one of our most distinguishing characteristics. Jesus Himself taught this. And keep your finger in Proverbs, but I do want to just go to the Gospels real quick. I just want to read these verse, Matthew chapter 12. If you go to Matthew chapter 12, verse 34. And just to see what Jesus said about the tongue. Because it is very, very powerful. What the Lord Jesus Christ Himself said about the use of our tongue. Matthew chapter 12, look at verse 34. Jesus said, O generation of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? You see, our speech is a reflection of our character. And we're going to see that as well in other Proverbs. Our speech, Jesus is saying here, is one of the distinguishing characteristics of true character. That's why when you go to the doctor, he tells you to stick out your tongue. Not because... He wants you to stick out your tongue at Him. But your tongue shows something about your, your overall health. Stick out your tongue and say, ah, and they can look down there and, and so forth. So look at this verse in Matthew chapter 12. Look at verse 35. Jesus said, A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, bringeth forth good things. So the evil speak what? Evil. The good man speaks what? Good. And then he says, An evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. Do you see what Jesus is saying there? That what comes out of your mouth it is an evidence of your character. And ultimately, even your salvation. Either good or evil is going to come out of your mouth because it's where? It's in your heart. Look at verse 36. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof on the day of judgment. Why? Because your words are a reflection of your heart. And we will give an account to God for every idle word. Jesus said it. Verse 37. Can you read it with me? Matthew 12, verse 37. For by thy words thou shalt be justified. And by thy words, thou shalt be condemned. The power of the tongue. To give life and to give death. Jesus said it right there. It's as if he had Proverbs 18 verse 21. That in the power, a power of the tongue is life and death. Power to be, to, that you would be justified and be condemned. Powerful stuff. So what I want to do here, I want to just share a few motivations for you to speak life-giving words, to encourage you to speak the right word. And after I share some motivations, I'm I'm hoping that you'll say, yes, I want to use my tongue right. I don't want my tongue to speak death. I want to use my tongue for life. Amen? Amen? So I want to motivate you for that. And then I'm going to just share just a few applications. So I have two main points of the message I want to motivate you to speak the right words, and then I want to apply that how to do it, okay? So really, why should you want to speak the right words? And how we can do it. Okay, so the first motivation of speaking life-giving word is because a life-giving word is like a living well. In other words, it's a refreshing to others who are around you. Don't you want to be a refreshment To those who are around you. Proverbs chapter 10. And I'm going to ask you to read these verses with me. They're right up on the screen. Actually, Proverbs chapter 15. Verse 23 says, A man hath joy by the answer of his mouth. And a word spoken in due season. How good is it? Okay. So the first thing here is that a good word is a life-giving word. They're refreshing. They're like a refreshing well. So let's say Proverbs chapter 10, verse 11. The mouth... Of a righteous man is a well of life, but violence covereth the mouth of the wicked. And what that should say under they are is they are refreshing. They are refreshing. And I don't know why that didn't make it on there. I always find my mistakes when I'm in front of you. But they are refreshing. Think about that. The mouth of a righteous man is a well of life. Now, what was a well of life? What was the well's importance in Bible times? It was it was for life in the community. If there was no well, there was no community of people there. A, a, a community of people was dependent, absolutely dependent upon clean water. It was necessary for life to exist, as it is for us. Except we don't use well water. Thank God we can... Turn a faucet on and water comes out. But a community in Bible times could not survive. And so, the idea of well water, what he's talking about here, the mouth of a righteous man is as a well of life. The idea of this is that a well is deep in the earth. And out of that well deep in the earth comes natural water, life-giving water, refreshing water, Clean water, right? Out of the depths of the earth comes natural, fresh, clean water. So he says here that a righteous man, out of you will come words deep from your being, deep from within you. The idea of the well is deep in the earth. Your words come from deep within you. And they are to do what? To bring refreshment, to bring life, to bring hope and strength to others around you. So, he says, the mouth of a righteous man. This is, we're talking about saved people here, correct? We're talking about born-again believers. They want to speak God's words and not man's philosophies. They want to speak words of kindness and not words of hate. They want to speak wisdom and not foolishness. So, do you build up people with your tongue and give them life? Or do you tear people down? The second encouragement I want to give you to speak life-giving words, not only are life-giving words like a refreshing well, but life-giving words are like purified silver. They're, they are priceless. Look at Proverbs chapter 10, verse 20. And if you want to, you know, I find this and I I put the verses up on the screen, but I'm going to just be honest with you. I have a whale of a difficult time finding Proverbs. Like if you would come to me even after the service and say, Pastor, where was that verse about that? You said that the the tongue of the just is as choice silver. Where was that verse again? I would like, I don't know, I I forget what chapter, oh, it's Proverbs chapter 10 verse 20, but I don't know if I'm going to remember that, you know? But anyway, I would encourage you to look in your Bible with me as I read the verses, that's what I'm saying, because sometimes I might not remember the chapter, but I remember the place where it is in my Bible. And sometimes I'll remember and I could be able to find the verse because I remember where it is in relationship to other chapters or maybe where it is in relationship to that page. So Proverbs chapter 10, verse 20, it says the tongue of the just is as choice silver. The heart of the wicked is of little worth. Now notice these, power, these comparative Proverbs. I'm just sticking with the more positive thing, but there's a negative aspect to them, isn't it? But he says the tongue of the just and the just person is who? Righteous. A saved person. One who wants to glorify and please God. One who's been born again. One who's been forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ. A saved person, the tongue of the just, is as choice silver. Now, what's the idea of choice silver? My understanding of that would be that this silver is purified. Now, in order for silver to be purified, it had to pass through what? Fire. And so, here's the idea. When you're saved, it doesn't mean you're not going to go through fires. You're going to go through tough experiences and, and dogs might poop in your front yard, as our brother told us today. I think we should all walk our dog in front of Vinny's house. How about that? Wouldn't that be great? Let's have a dog walking excursion. Let's let's take him up to Vinny. Okay, I'm just kidding. For those of you who are just listening to the message, our brother shared a story earlier from his experience. The fire of experience. There of a dog using your front yard to, to, for, for its, uh, bathroom time. And how God brought him through that, so he shared that with us. Now, this is just an illustration, but the point is, God does allow trials in your life. Sickness, cancer, the death of loved ones, maybe even the death of a child, the death of a spouse. I'm talking about deep, dark, fiery, Trials. And Peter says, don't think it's strange concerning the fiery trial that's going to come upon you. But through that trial, you're going to be purified like what? Silver. And the dross is going to be brought forth out of you. And so when you speak to others, sometimes you can speak out of that experience. And those words are like choice silver because they come out of your experience. So the question I have for you, use your tongue for a life-giving purpose. Share with others the difficult trials you've gone through and show how God was with you through it. And He delivered you and showed Himself strong for you. And those words will have tremendous value to someone else and bring them life. That makes sense, right? Our words are like choice silver. God allows those trials so you can encourage others as well as they pass through those same trials. The th- a third way, not only are life-giving words like a refreshing well, like purified silver, but this is very important. It's like satisfying fruit. The words of your mouth are like satisfying fruit. Now let's read the verse, and there's actually a number of other scriptures here, and I I have them quoted in your bulletin outline. I don't have them written out. I didn't have enough space for that. But this is a, repetitive, a repeated theme in Proverbs. In other words, that our words are like fruit. And you're going to be satisfied with the words of your mouth. Have you ever eaten a delicious peach? That's the best fruit other than a mango, which is a close second to a peach. But a delicious, juicy peach is so satisfying. I'm going to try and buy a whole bunch of peaches tomorrow before they get dry. You know, it's getting now to the end of the summer. Now's the time to buy your peaches if you want to get a good, juicy peach. But it's so isn't juicy fruit, I'm not talking about gum. Do they still have juicy fruit gum? Okay. (laughs) I'm not talking about gum. I'm talking about fruit is so satisfying. It's just so sweet and delicious. Proverbs chapter 12 verse 14. A man shall be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth. Do you want to be satisfied? I'm trying to motivate you to speak the good words. Then speak words that will be like others will be eating a piece of fruit and you will too. They will eat your words and you will eat them too. Just look at a couple more of these verses. Proverbs chapter 13 verse 2. Proverbs chapter 13. Verse 2, and here the proverb says, A man shall eat good by the fruit of his mouth, but the soul of transgressors shall eat violence. And actually, the, the text verse today, Proverbs chapter 18, verse 20, our theme verse, A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. So you're looking for satisfaction in life? One of the ways is to speak life-giving words, and you'll be satisfied. You don't have to make a million dollars to speak a life-giving word. You just have to have a heart that's set on fire by the love of Jesus Christ and encourage others around you. Now, here's the thing about this. When he talks about a man being satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth. Now, how important is the fruit to a tree? I mean, you tell an orange tree by what? It's fruit. An orange tree gives you oranges. And the fruit... Now, this is important. What I'm about to say right here, you should mark it down. The fruit is the final product. That's what I have on the screen. The fruit is the end product of the tree. There's no reason to have an orange tree if it doesn't produce oranges. There's no reason to plant tomato plants if they're not going to give you tomatoes. The the final product is the very purpose of that tree. One of the purposes we have in this life is to use our tongue. That's why God has given us a tongue and a mouth. We are meant to speak. God made us that way. But our tongue can be used to give life or death. As we use it to give life... it it will be like fruit. So fruit is the final product of a tree's life. And when the words come out of my mouth and yours, that's like the final finished product of your life. That's how important your words are. It's like the fruit of a tree. It's the final product. It's the purpose why that tree exists. So do I want to spend my time whining? Whining? Complaining? Criticizing? Tearing things down? Again, Jesus said, A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth that which is good. An evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, bringeth forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. You see, Jesus said it right there. The abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what comes out of the mouth is really the final product that's been been uh, passed through the process. Just like an orange comes out of the tree, those words come out of your life. It's like the final product. So I want people to see the final product of my life is good. I do. I believe that glorifies God. And I know you do too. That's why you're here. Lord, help us. Amen. Amen. And James brings out again the incongru- incongruity of this, because James says, "Out of the same mouth proceeds blessings and cursings," and he and James says, "What? That's like a fig tree bringing forth berries. A fig tree doesn't bring forth berries. It just doesn't make sense. It's not congruent." And so he's, it's, so James is saying, "Oh, Christian, if you're." saved, and you've been blessed by the Lord, out of your mouth should come the blessings to others. And a man shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. And we have all said things. I can't tell you how many times that I've misused my tongue. And I'm sure you have as well. Amen? Just just encourage me a little bit on this one. Don't make me feel all alone up here. But, don't words affect our emotions? Haven't you said the wrong thing, and you really it, it it hindered your sleep that night? You couldn't sleep because you were thinking about what you said, or somebody said something to you that real. Have somebody else's words or your words ever caused you to lose sleep? Let me see your hand. Look at this. The rest of you, you're just not thinking about it too much, but uh, okay. But I think it's true. It, it, it will cause us to lose sleep, but when we speak the good words. They will have a powerful effect of peace in our lives. The fourth thing is that a life-giving tongue produces true healing. They are restoring. We can use our words for healing and restoring of other people. So life-giving words are like a refreshing well. They're like purified silver. They're like satisfying fruit. And they're like a true healing. The tongue of the wise encourages The tongue of the wise forgives when you speak to someone and and, and maybe you've hurt them, but you speak the word, I know I was wrong. Would you please forgive me? And they say, yes, that will bring healing to that relationship. Maybe some of you need to do that, even with a brother or sister in the church, or maybe with someone on your job. Maybe you're out of sorts with people and you're angry, or maybe even bitter at someone. But if you just go to them and say, I know I've said things that hurt you. Would you please forgive me? And bring healing to that relationship. There is that speaketh like the piercings of a sword, This Proverbs 12, verse 18 says. But the tongue of the wise is health. The tongue of the wise... We could read it this way, brings healing. You see, others, people will use words for like cutting you up. There is that speaks like the piercings of a sword. I mean, some people are like slash and burn with their tongue. They slash you and then they just leave you all beat up and wounded by the words that they've said. But a godly person uses their tongue to bring healing, to bring peace. Someone has said, what a wicked web we weave when first we speak to deceive. Lying words are words like the piercings of a sword. But truth and kindness should be coming out of our mouth. So do your words bring health and peace? That's the question. And the fifth thing is, life-giving words are like dripping honey. Like dripping honey. Now, have you noticed this word in the Bible? A honeycomb? Why does He say a honeycomb? And not just honey. Because a honeycomb is where the honey is produced and it could literally be dripping with honey. So that's a beautiful picture. And so the proverb here says, pleasant words are as a honeycomb. Sweet to the soul. And again, we see the idea of health there. Health to the bones. And when I looked up that word honeycomb, look at Psalm 19. Go to Psalm 19. I found it here. I found other words that are like the honeycomb in Psalm 19. And so if these words in Psalm 19 are like the honeycomb, if I put those words in my lips, my words will be like the honeycomb. And I'll have joy. Psalm 19, it says... In verse 10, can you read it with me? Do you have it? Psalm 19.10, it says, "...more to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey, and the honeycomb." He's talking about the Word of God. He's talking about the law of the Lord. The testimony of the Lord. The statutes. The commandments of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. He says, these are all more to be desired than gold, and they're sweeter than the honey, than the honeycomb. So I say, let's put God's Word into our heart and speak it to others. And that's a surefire way to speak words that are pleasant, that are life-giving. To have God's Word in our heart. You know, in other words, and you don't have to do this every day, but I think this should be a normal thing that happens in a Christian's life, you read the Bible. You read the Bible, right? Amen. And you find something out of the Bible. And you say, Hey, mom, I was reading the Bible today. And I found this verse. And I really like this verse a lot. And you share that verse with your mother. Do you think your mother's going to be happy to hear that? She'll be like jumping up and down. With joy. My son was reading the Bible. My daughter was reading the Bible. And he's sharing with me the Word of God. That will be so beautiful for a child to do, a young person to do. When you find a verse that speaks to your heart or challenges you, share the Word of God with other people. You know, it's so easy, by the way, and thank God for our young people coming to church. Young people, it is so easy to complain that somebody else has what you don't have. That's easy to do. That's just our default mode. But listen to me. To be content when you don't have what somebody else has. That's a righteous person. That's a saved person. So out of our tongue should come, I have the Lord and He is enough. Maybe, maybe quote a verse that's, that, that gives you a sense of contentment, gives you a sense of peace. Read the Word of God. And let the Word of God fill your heart. And not just the, the, the vain riches of this world. Pleasantness, he says. Pleasant words are as a honeycomb. They're dripping with sweetness. They're health to the bones. And I say to you, the Word of God. Okay, so let's just quickly look at a few applications here. Applications. So how? I kind of gave you the Why? Why should you want to speak life-giving words? Because they'll be like a living well in refreshing others. Because they're like purified silver. They have a value as you pass through that fire. They're like satisfying fruit, the final product of your life. They're like a true healing and restore that which is damaged or sick. They're like dripping honey. They're pleasant. They're enjoyable words. So now, how do we do it? Go back please to Proverbs chapter 2. And i actually added an extra point here, and, but it won't be long. But Proverbs chapter 2 is the first th- application I want to make. So how do we do it? Proverbs chapter 2, simply in verse 1. What does it say? In Proverbs chapter 2, can you read it with me? It says, My son, if thou wilt receive My words and hide My commandments with thee. So if we're going to speak life-giving words, we have to receive the Word of God. Receive the Word of God and hide His Word in your heart. That's why we do the Scripture memory. We don't just do the Scripture memory so Pastor Carmine can stand up here and show you how he forgot the verse that he tried to memorize last week, although he don't do that very often, brother. And he, and he does really well with that. But you know what I do with the Scripture memory, just to let you know? I, I, at night, especially during the summer, I water my grass or else it's going to die. I have to water it at night. And so I go out there so it, the water can sit on the grass all night. And while I'm doing that, I'm memorizing my Bible verses. I'm reviewing 1 John chapter 3 and I'm still working in chapter 4 and other passages as well that I may have memorized. And so, mem- find a time. Downtime. Remember I said earlier in this series, I said make downtime Bible time. And so here's a time I'm just standing there, you know, I'm watering the grass. I don't use sprinklers. I want my water to go to perfect use. I don't want it to go on the sidewalk. So I I, I water my grass, you know, with the, with the spray nozzle and just go through it. It's not that big of a lawn, so I could do it. But I'm saying I use that downtime to memorize the Bible. Receive my words. Hide. So we have to receive the, word of, the wise words of instruction. The second thing, go da- back to Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 2. And here he says in Proverbs chapter 1 verse 2, at the very beginning, this lays the foundation for the whole book of Proverbs. Can you read that verse with me? Proverbs chapter 1 verse 2. He says, to know wisdom and instruction and to perceive the words of understanding. So the word perceive is the word that I'm focusing on there. The wise receive the word, receive it. And you say, well, what does that mean? Now you have to perceive it. <laughs> you have to seek to understand it. So maybe if there's a word in that verse, hey, listen, if you read in the Bible, you say, I don't understand that verse. Well, maybe there's a word you don't understand. Look up that word. Or maybe you can talk to somebody else and get on the phone and call pastor or call somebody in the church. Call a brother or a sister. Hey, I'm reading this verse. What does it mean? And that'll be great fellowship with somebody. Talk about the Bible. Say, help, help me to understand this. If you don't understand something, ask for help. Perce- we have to perceive. with under That means understand the Word of God. So if the right words are going to come out of our heart, we have to understand what we're saying, right? So let the light go on. O ye simple, understand wisdom, ye fools. Be of an understanding heart. Even the simple and the fool can get understanding and get perception. The third thing is then you guard your heart. And there are a number of verses with this concept in it. And I have one here, Proverbs chapter 13, verse 3. But I have other ones in the notes as well. Look at Proverbs chapter 13 And verse number 3, here God's Word says, He that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life. But he that openeth wide his lips shall have destruction. So what does that mean? Does that mean you say everything that's on your mind? I'm going to give that person a piece of my mind. You're just going to open wide your mouth and destroy you and that person. And you won't be satisfied with, that, with what you're about to say. So we don't speak everything that's on our mind. Sometimes we just have to, you know, put a zipper over the lip. Now, again, we've all blurted out probably more than we should say at certain times in our lives. But here the wisdom is guard your mouth and you will guard your life. He that keeps his mouth, think of that. He keeps His life. You want to protect your life? Protect your words. Let them be choice words. Like that choice silver. Let them be valuable words. Don't just speak everything that might come to your mind. Look at chapter 21, verse 23. Chapter 21, verse 23. Chapter 21, verse 23, it says, Whoso keepeth his mouth and his tongue keeps his soul from trouble. There it is. You know why? Because what you say comes where from where? From the heart. And then what you say will have a very strong possibility of becoming what? An action. Because once you speak that word, then it becomes like something happens in your mind, and there's the strong possibility then that you're going to keep that attitude. So if you wake up in the morning and you say, man, I feel really crummy today. This is going to be a bad day. Don't say that. Why do you want to say that? Just keep it to yourself. And say, thank you, Lord for being so good for waking me up for another day so you don't feel so good just speak speak positive life-giving words why not did that hurt say thank you lord that I'm I'm born again through Jesus Christ no matter what you're going through if you're saved and on your way to heaven you have you and I have something to be thankful for Praise God. If we're cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ, we can say, Thank you, Jesus, for your blood. If we can wake up and we have eyes to see, we can say, Thank God, I have eyes to see the Word of God. Amen. I can read the Bible. Amen. Praise God, I can read the Bible. Praise God, I can talk. I can get on my knees and talk to my Savior, Jesus Christ and and you start speaking the the right words speaking the life-giving words and keep your mouth you'll keep you'll stay out of trouble guard your words just like you would guard a treasure you know every company that manufactures a product they have what they call quality control right they have to test that product to make sure it meets the standard that that company wants to attain to and maintain. They have to maintain quality control. If a company doesn't maintain quality control, they're going to lose customers. My, we went to Wendy's the other day. It's going to be a long time before I could pull myself into another Wendy's. I walked in, their drink thing, did it was saying out of order. And the person in front of me had their order messed up. My order got messed up. The person after me had their order messed up. And then the person after him said, "Man, there was hair in my food." I <laughs> said, so like, "Oh wow!" You see, that that's bad quality control. Now I've always liked Wendy's frosties, you know, and a double hamburger and the fries. And I like to dip the Wendy's fries in the frosty. I mean, I tell you, I do. But I kind of I kind of lost it there on Wendy's a little bit. Something happened. They had a a glitch in their quality control. So, let your words pass through a what? Quality control. That's the idea. Keep your mouth, and you'll keep your life. Keep your mouth, and you'll stay out of trouble. So, receive the Word perceive understand the words guard the words and then teach your mouth Proverbs chapter 16 verse 23 So Proverbs chapter 16 verse 23 This says and every preacher whose worth is salt is going to follow through on this principle It says in Proverbs 16:23 The heart of the wise teaches his mouth and addeth learning to his lips. Do you know the last time I stood before a congregation without any preparation, without any prayerful study, without actual notes, so that what I'm going to say, I've actually thought it through and properly prepared? Do you know when the last time was that I didn't do that? Never. That's right. Never. I wouldn't dare waste your time like that. This says the heart of, I want to be a wise person. I teach my mouth what to say. And I try not to stray from the script too much. Now, my little Wendy story, that just kind of came out, you know. So I I might add in little applications. That's just an illustration. Sometimes God gives me illustrations on the spot. And that's a good thing. But the point is, I want to teach my mouth what to say. So the, the situation, let's say you have a fight with your wife, or your husband, or with your son, your daughter. You have an argument, and you're like, wow, what just happened? You ever have an argument, and you're like, whoa, I didn't even expect that. You know, just, hmm. So you've got to really sit down. You have to think about what happened. And then you have to think about what you want to say to approach this situation, to bring about healing and ask God to give you a word and teach your mouth what you're going to say so that you don't say the wrong things and make it worse (laughs) because we all have a tendency to do that too. So teach your mouth, the wise person. So here's here's another illustration. The idea here is that many young people need speech therapy. And there are sounds in all languages that are difficult to say, like our brother from Bulgaria, Teddy Nedryakov. He was trying to teach me how to say a particular sound, which I just butchered. Didn't I just butcher it, Teddy? I know I did. I'm sorry. <laughs> you see, I'm still working on that sound. I need speech therapy for the Bulgarian language. Definitely, I need speech therapy. So I'll, see, I'll talk to my speech therapy teacher afterwards and he'll help me to to say that particular sound. But I know that sometimes young people they in all seriousness need to go to a speech therapist to say the f sound or the th sound or whatever sounds that they're struggling with. Maybe some people have a lisp. Other people may have other speech issues and they can go to speech therapy. So the point is we need to teach our mouth. We all need spiritual Speech therapy to speak the right word. And he says, oh, to speak the right word. It's like a beautiful picture of gold with apples of silver. You know, it's just a beautiful scene when you speak the right word at the right time. So a grocer may have a beautiful store stocked with delicious produce. But when you go to the meat section, the meat is green. And it smells rotten over there. Customers will walk out of such a store. And so a rotten tongue can ruin your character, just like green rotten meat can ruin the whole grocery store. So let's look to Jesus Christ, who is, his very name is, the Word of God, and who spoke. The words of God to us. And as I close, go back to Matthew chapter 12, verse 37. As we close, (coughs) Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12, verse 37, For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. So, which will it be? Let me me say this to you if you're here today and not, not sure you're saved. If you're here today and if you were to die today, you're not sure you would go to heaven today. Jesus said, by your words, you could be justified. Now, what does that mean? That doesn't mean you save yourself, clearly. But the Bible tells us how to use your tongue to be saved so you will be just before God. And it says, if we confess with our mouth the who? The Lord Jesus. So, if you're not saved... Here's how you could be justified and saved and be on your way, go on your way to heaven. With your mouth, confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and you're not. Confess that Jesus Christ is God manifest in the flesh who left heaven and came to earth. And then He went to the cross and died for you because your sins deserve death and hell. But Jesus took your sins and the sins of the world upon His body on the cross. And with your mouth, you say, Lord Jesus, You are Lord. And I confess You. And I believe in my heart, O God, that You raised up Your Son, Jesus Christ, from the, de- from the grave. And confess with Your mouth. And even confess that Jesus Christ is alive. And You can be saved. But if you deny Jesus Christ, and you deny the work of Jesus Christ, you deny His death on the cross, you deny that He rose again, you will be condemned. You will be justified or condemned, Jesus said, by the words of your mouth. That's the power of the tongue. The power has life-giving power. Use your tongue for that. Let's stand together as we pray. Let's pray, bowing your heads Maybe we just need to ask God to cleanse us for how we've misused our tongue. We want to use it to be a refreshment to those around us, a living well. We want our words to have value and to to be like satisfying fruit and to bring healing and to bring pleasantness. Isn't that what we want? If that's what you want, just say yes, Pastor, and before God, just put your hand up and say, Lord, I want my tongue to be a living well. I want my tongue to be like purified silver, words of value. I want the final product of my life, which is my words, to be like satisfying fruit to those around me. And I want my words to be healing and restoring. I don't want to cut people up and slash them with my words. I want my words to be pleasant and enjoyable like dripping honey. And I want the Word of God in my heart to receive the Word of God. Amen? Receive the Word of God and understand it and then guard it in your heart and, my, and, and then teach your mouth to speak. That's your desire. Say, yes, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help us, O oh God, to use our tongue for life-giving power. Because there are hurting people all around us, people who are lost. Or maybe we're in a relationship that's hurting and there's there's a sickness in it, but Lord, our tongue can be used to bring healing and restoration. God, help us. Give us wisdom, Lord, to know how to use our tongue to bring You glory, to bring You honor. Yes, Lord, we don't have the wisdom in ourselves, God but You are all wise. You've put this tongue in our mouth. You've given us these lips. We want to use them for You, Lord. Not for ourselves. Help our young people here, God. Help them not to be drawn into the cursing of this world. Help them not to be drawn into all of the wicked speech of this world and all of the complaining and the criticizing and the whining. Oh, God, bless our young people you could put your hands down and how many would say yes. And Pastor, today I'm not sure I'm saved. <coughs> I need Jesus Christ as my Savior. Because if I died today, I know where I'd go when it's not heaven. I'd go to hell. And if that's where you know and understand yourself to be, can I see your hand? Can I pray for you? Is there anyone who'd say, Pastor, pray for me. I need Jesus Christ today to save me. Is there anyone? Oh, Lord, I pray that everyone here is truly born again. Because if except a man be born again, Lord Jesus, you said they shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And Lord, I thank you for our dear church. I thank you so much for this beautiful and precious family you've given to us. I thank you for their desire to hear the word of God. Thank you, Lord, for their desire. And I know as I share this message today, they receive it. And yes, Lord, we say yes, oh, God use us and our
0: tongue for life-giving power. In Jesus' name, amen.